And we're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit tonight. But before we do, uh, we're going to read one verse of Scripture. And then we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to bless our time in His Word tonight. Acts chapter 1 and verse uh, number 8. This is what the Word of the Lord says. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And we're going to be speaking tonight our second part in a series on the Holy Spirit. Could you just lift your voice with me and ask God's blessing upon his word tonight? God, I thank you for the gathering of people that have come to this place to hear your word, to know more about you. I pray, God, that you will allow your Holy Spirit to move freely among us and let us draw closer to you. Let us know you in the power of your resurrection. Let us know you in the way you would desire to us to know you. I pray, God, that you will open our minds, open our hearts, and let us see you for as you are. We give you the praise for it tonight in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Speaking tonight about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I want to talk, I would love to talk to you a little bit about receiving the Holy Spirit uh, because there's going to be a great emphasis on that this coming Sunday. I'm really excited about Brother Robinette coming. One of the cool things about him coming is our personal connection to him. Uh, he was uh, away from the Lord as a young man. Uh, was not serving God. He was in the military. He was kind of running from God. And, uh, and he, he was on his way to Germany. He was going to be stationed there. And as you know, Brother and Sister Enos uh, spent 35 years in Germany. And uh, Brother Enos got a call from Brother Robinette's pastor in Michigan and said, Hey, I've got a young man that's coming over there and he's got a call of God on his life to preach. But he's running from, he's running from the Lord. And I uh, wondered if you could maybe try to uh, talk to him. And so Brother Enos went to the airport and uh, watched for the guy that matched the description of uh, his, the, the pastor from Michigan. And there he sees him as he comes off the plane. He went up to him and he said, hey, he said, I have a question. Are you Charles Robinette? He said, I, I am. Uh, he said, well, he said, I'm Arlie Enos. And uh, he said, I hear you have a call of God on your life that you're running from it. He said, well, I'm here to slow you down. <laughs> Amen. And he slowed down long enough to get fired back up. And uh, he, he ended up becoming the youth pastor. He was Sister Heidi's first youth pastor uh, and, uh, and went into the ministry from there. And today God's using him in such a mighty way, a powerful vessel, very bold uh, in the Lord. And, and, and when he preaches, he inspires faith. He inspires people to believe and he helps people to break out of the, of their shell. Cause that's a lot of times what prohibits us from experiencing the power of the Holy spirit, Holy ghost. Uh, we're going to cover just a couple things that we talked about last week. Number one, when we say Holy spirit, uh, we're talking about the Holy spirit and the Holy ghost. If we're talking about, if we say the Holy ghost, same thing. Uh, these are not. These are interchangeable references to uh, the Holy uh, Spirit of God, and so sometimes we'll call it the Holy Ghost. Sometimes the Holy Spirit. Uh, last week we talked about the fact that the Holy Ghost reveals the mind of God. 
The Holy Ghost reveals to us the wisdom of God. And that's vitally important to our walk with God because if we don't know God's thoughts, we can get really confused about a lot of things. We can start to think maybe that all is lost or all hope is gone. We might start thinking that, uh, that, we're, that we have failed and that there's no way to recover from that failure. Or we might think that uh, we're, we're far from victory when we're actually really close, the victory's really close at hand. So when we know the mind of God, that helps us to understand, even if we don't see things that encourage us, we can know things that are true regardless of what things look like around us. That's happening even right now. When you look at the world around us, it's easy to be discouraged, but we don't walk by sight. The scripture says we walk by faith. And so it is the Holy Ghost that's telling us, the Holy Ghost that is reminding us and helping us to know what is the mind of God, what is the knowledge of God. And what you find when you read the scriptures, you find that the, what the Holy Ghost does is it allows us to gain things like wisdom, and understanding and knowledge and counsel. So, so much of what the Holy Ghost does has to do with our mind. So much of it has to do with our mind. Now, the Holy Spirit is going to consume us, body, soul, and spirit. Your soul and your spirit are invisible. Your body is visible. But your body is in a process of decay. That's happening right now. Your body is decaying. That's why every day you get up, there's another muscle aching that you didn't even know you had because your body is in the process of a slow decline. And that's, that's, the, that's the nature of this fallen body. But there's an invisible part of us that is as real as this tangible flesh that you can feel with your hand. And that, that, that invisible part is our soul and our spirit. The Holy Ghost absolutely covers and consumes and empowers all three of those parts of who we are, body, soul, and spirit. And, and ultimately, it will, it will have the effect upon our body where it will, it will quicken our body the way that it quickened the body of Jesus from the grave, and we call that the resurrection. But right now, it is doing a work on the inside of us. So we have to let the Spirit of the Lord do the invisible work. And that's what's happening on the inside of us. So we're going to talk a little bit about those invisible powers that are, are very manifest, that, that, that really do come uh, to fruition. Uh, let me, let me uh, point your attention to Galatians chapter 5. I just want to invite your attention to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read a few verses of scripture. I'm going to talk about some invisible things uh, that have to do with what the Bible calls the works of the flesh. And these are not good things. These are bad things. These are things you don't want to have in your life. But here they are. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, 
and, and he's not done. He says, and such like. In other words, there's other stuff to put here, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you get the point. Bad stuff. Works of the flesh. What does that mean? That means works of this fallen body and all of its nerve endings and circuitry and all the stuff it craves on its own. And when you see evil in the world, what you're seeing is you're seeing flesh running wild. You're looking at, at people who are ungovernable. They're ungoverned. They're not disciplined. And, and they're letting these feelings just run wild. And feelings that run wild turn into murder. They turn into hatred. They turn into a strife. They turn into fornication. They turn into these works of the flesh. And so he says, and there's other stuff that I've told you about before, verse 19. I have also told you in time past that they which do such things, now this is heavy, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so don't, don't think that you can just live any old way you want to live and inherit the kingdom of God. It's not the truth. And anybody that tells you otherwise, they're not telling you the truth, they're lying to you. But verse 22 picks up and, and gives us this beautiful alternative. And the alternative has to do with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And notice what he says here. Against such there is no law, which means... You can't just legislate that into being. It is a fruit of the Spirit. I can't get up here and say, be loving, be peaceful, be joyful, and expect it to happen. You, you have to cultivate that like you would cultivate fruit. And it is fruit that comes of the Holy Spirit. These qualities are the qualities that give you power over the bad works of the flesh we read about at the beginning. Adultery, fornication, murder, hatred, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, false doctrine, all of that, all of that stuff that is not good, all of that stuff that will prevent you from inheriting the kingdom of God. If you want to stop that stuff from being a part of your life, it's the fruit of the spirit that stops it. How do you stop adultery and fornication? Love. How do you stop wrath? Peace. How do you stop strife and hatred? Joy. How do you, how do you stop murder? Gentleness. How do, you, how, do you stop, how do you stop heresy? Faith. These fruit of the Spirit will destroy the works of the flesh in your life. So before I talk about how to receive the Spirit, I want to take a moment again and remind us how, just how important the Holy Spirit is in your life. These things are like fruit. They are the fruit of the Spirit. That means they're going to grow over time in you when you allow the Spirit to work in your life. Amen. So when somebody receives the Holy Ghost, as they're going to on Sunday, and it is a receiving of the Holy Ghost, when they do that... They are now in a position to let these beautiful qualities flourish in their life. Without the Holy Spirit at work in a person's life, many times even the human will 
is desirous of these things and can produce a a human version of this fruit. The problem with the human version of this fruit is that it rots easily and it dies quickly and it's kind of fickle. That's why I tell people, don't love your spouse with human love. Love your spouse with God's love. Because if you love your spouse with human love, it has great intentions, it just falls short. But if you love your spouse with God's love, you can make it through any fiery trial that you may have to face because God's love stands the test of time. Praise God. How many found that to be the truth? Amen. So we're talking about the invisible things that the Spirit of God does. Galatians chapter 5 is an example of the fruit that grows in your life as a result of the work of the Spirit. I want to uh, look at the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 17. Because one of the things that the Bible says about the Holy Ghost is that it is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. It's not, it's not a wage. You don't earn it. Romans 6 and 23 says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. That's the difference between sinful activity and the activity of repentance and turning to God. When you engage in sinful activity, you're going to get what you paid for. It's coming back to you in the form of a wage. The check, ladies and gentlemen, is in the mail. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. And it goes on to say, he that sows to the flesh, those works of the flesh, shall reap of the flesh what the flesh can give. And what can the flesh give? Corruption. There's people, there are people even now getting proverbial checks in the mail from stuff they did years ago. And they're wondering, why is this happening? Because you sowed that a long time ago. And it's, it's coming back. It grew up. The, the, har- the harvest has come in. And, it's, and, and, you're, and you're reaping the crop of what you sowed a long time ago. And so, so he goes on to say, he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap of the Spirit what the Spirit can give, which is life everlasting. Hallelujah. I want... I want when my harvest comes in, I want it to be a harvest of life and love and peace and goodness and faith and meekness and gentleness. That's the harvest I want. But to get that harvest, you have to sow to the Spirit. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. Stop right there. Good and perfect gifts. Okay, we, those are the gifts we want. We don't want imperfect gifts and we don't want bad gifts. We want good ones and we want perfect ones because gifts of those nature, of that nature, they come from above. If you try to get a gift uh, from above, it's gonna be good and perfect. But, but if, if you're looking for a gift from this world, something that this world can give you, this world system, the ideas, the philosophies, the ideologies that are generated within simply the human mind, then you're going to get what that brings with it, which is sorrow and calamity and 
and, and, and things of that nature. So when you seek anything, seek the good and the perfect gifts. And they only come from one place. They come from above. They don't come from a political party. They don't come from your career. They don't come from your education. They come from above. So anything you engage with on a on an earthly level, it needs to be done so with the knowledge that all of this is temporal and will pass away. But my hope is built on something that stands forever. And so I want the good and the perfect gifts and they only come from above and cometh down. Verse 17 of James 1, they come from above, they come down from the Father of lights. Okay, this is a reference to our Heavenly Father and, and this scripture calls him something unique, the father of lights. Doesn't call him uh, the father of healing. It could have the father of power. It could have the father of glory. It could have, but it specifically said the father of lights. And I'm gonna try to make the connection between the father of lights and the good and the perfect gifts that come from above. Because the good and the perfect gifts that come from above are gifts of light. That word light actually means enlightenment. Those are the good and the perfect gifts. Enlightenment. Not, not material possession. Not promotion. Not human praise. Not the accolades of the people around you. No, the, the good and the perfect gifts are the gifts of enlightenment and they come from the father of lights with whom is no variableness okay now i want to say something cool about that there are a lot of variables you know you can make plans for tomorrow but there are a lot of variables that could change up your plans you might have reservations at skyline tomorrow night skyline time but you have no idea if it's going to work out because there are a lot of variables that could come between you and your plans for tomorrow. But with God, our heavenly father, there is no variableness. There's nothing, there's no factor that's going to change him. Regardless of what happens tonight, regardless of what happens tomorrow, his character is strong and sure. His integrity is forever settled and there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'm going to tell you, he is a mighty God. I'm going to tell you, you can trust in him and the gifts that you need in your life are not the gifts of material gain, but the gifts of enlightenment, understanding, wisdom, knowledge. I'm gonna tell you that, that you're gonna gain far greater strength from understanding what God has done for you in the form of redemption. You're gonna gain a lot more from understanding who God really is. That he's not a committee, that he's not, a, he's not some kind of a, of a superficial concoction of religion, but that he is our God who created us and who became one of us to save us from our sins so he could fill us with his spirit and give us understanding of everlasting life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hall you know why you're clapping? Because you know it's right. 
That's why you're saying amen, because you remember when you didn't believe it. And you remember when you started believing it. And you're thankful every day that you put your trust in the Lord. And in the power of his word, the greatest gifts are the gifts of God's knowledge, the gifts of God's understanding. So let's talk about some of those gifts and the fact that they come directly from the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 5. Okay, let's look at Romans chapter 5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, just point out some pretty powerful words in this first verse. Therefore, being justified, powerful word, justified made innocent. It means made innocent. Us? We're pretty guilty, actually, of sin. Not one of us have, have the claim to sinlessness, and yet we're justified, which means we're made sinless. We're made innocent. We're made blameless, like we never committed a sin. That's an awesome word. Therefore, being justified by faith, that's a great word, faith. We have peace. We have peace. I mean, in the midst of the storm, we have peace. I mean, even, even when we get a bad doctor's report, we have peace. I mean, even when, the, even when bank closures are happening on a global scale, we have peace. I, I'm, I'm talking about even when people talk of recession, we have peace. I, I, this is a pretty awesome thing. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access. Ah, don't, don't skip over that word. Access. Glory. I, listen, there was a time when we didn't have access. There was a time when we were on the outside looking in. There was a time when we, when we wanted it but didn't know what we wanted and we searched in all the wrong places for the stuff that only God can give. But we have access. Hallelujah. We have access, how? By faith into this grace. Whew, I wish I could preach for a few moments on this grace. Now, I'm not talking about just anybody else's grace. I'm talking about amazing grace. I'm talking about sufficient grace. I'm talking about great grace. We have access by faith into this grace. Notice, notice this word. This is a pretty awesome word. Wherein we stand. I know you feel like you're crawling, but he said we're standing. Hallelujah. I wish you could see through the eyes of the Spirit. And don't let the devil tell you your position in God. You stand by faith. Wherein we stand, and, and here's a great word, and rejoice. In hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but are you ready? Are you ready? Not only do we hope and rejoice in the glory of God, but are you ready? Because it's getting ready to get real. Verse number three, not only do we rejoice in hope and the glory of God, but we glory in tribulations also. Even in tribulations, which is the trial of faith by fire, we glory in tribulations. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you that every time we gather in this place, there are dozens of people who are going through fiery trials. And they still walk into this house and lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And they lift up the name of Jesus Christ because they don't just glory 
in hope, but they glory in tribulation. Now remember, he said we, we glory, we rejoice in hope in the glory of God. But not only do we glory in hope, but we, we glory in tribulation, knowing, powerful word, knowing, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Another good word, patience worketh experience. Another good word, and experience worketh hope. So he said, we glory in hope. We rejoice in hope. We rejoice in glory. And, and we don't just glory in hope, but we also glory in tribulation. You want to know why? Because we know tribulation is going to work patience and patience is going to work experience. And guess where experience is going to take us? Right back to hope. You can't take hope from the believer because we're going to have hope regardless. Even if we're in tribulation, we have hope. Even if we're in a process of patience, we have hope. Even if we're experiencing something traumatic, we have hope. Because our hope is this, Christ in you. That's a reference to the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. So we always have hope. Now, verse number five, this is an awesome scripture. And I actually read all of these other ones just to get to this one. Hope maketh not ashamed. In other words, you will not be embarrassed for putting your hope in God. You will never be ashamed that you trusted in the Lord. I wonder if there's somebody here that's lived for God for several decades and you wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Anybody? Anybody here who can say, I've lived for him for a long time and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? I lived for him when people made fun of me for living for him. I lived for him when people told me to stop living for him. I served him when people said I'd regret it one day. And here I am, 10, 15, 25, 30, 40 years later, I'm not ashamed. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You remember when I told you to love your spouse with the love of God, not the love of you? I know you mean well, but all they got to do is roll their eyes at you and your love is like, it's gone. All they got to do is forget a Valentine's Day card and, and we're on thin ice now. Don't love them with your love. Love them with God's love. God's love involves your love, but it's a greater, more powerful, superior love. And, and notice what, how it comes to us by the Holy Ghost. It is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's like taking a sprinkler and putting it in your, in your heart and what comes out of that sprinkler is the love of God. And it's just, it's just spraying the, all your whole heart with the love of God. Everything around you is getting saturated with the love of God. And all of a sudden, when you get the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost lives in you and thrives in you, and you stir up that gift that is in you, what, what ends up happening is you start loving people. And you start loving your neighbor. And you, start, you even start loving you. And you love, you love people. You, hey, this will blow your mind. You'll even start loving your enemy. Now, I know you can't imagine that, 
because it's not you, it's the Holy Ghost. You'll start loving people who persecute you. And, and what it will do, as you love those who persecute you, it will reveal to them the love of God. They will experience something they've never experienced before. They're used to smacking people and getting smacked back. They don't know what to do when they put a spear in someone's side and, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what to do with that because that's the love of God. Woo, hallelujah. And the love of God is what our world needs today. The love of God is what society needs today. And the only people that can really demonstrate the love of God are those who have the love of God shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Ghost. So it is the Holy Ghost that puts the love of God all throughout our hearts and it gets in us. Now, this is why we talk about stir up the gift. This is why we talk about times of refreshing that come from the presence. Remember, I, we talked about the fact that this body is fallen and it's in constant decay. Your body will war against the Holy Ghost that's in you. Your body will. This is why a, a precious saint of God, full of the Holy Ghost, gentle, kind, loving, meek, if they get tired, they can get mean. You let the sugar drop. And you're like, I thought they had the Holy Ghost. You let the blood pressure go up. Oh my word, I thought they had the Holy Ghost. They do have the Holy Ghost, but their body is at war with the Holy Ghost that is in them. So you've got to get your body into the presence of God so the Holy Ghost in you can be stirred up within you. You're going to wrestle with that body until the Bible says this corruptible puts on incorruption and this mortal puts on immortality. You're going to wrestle with that body. And if you don't put that body in the presence of God, then that Holy Ghost will not have the influence it needs to have on you. So if you, if you expose yourself to all sorts of things that are not his presence, but have a carnal influence and have a, have a, 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 a worldly influence and, and, a, and, it's, and, it's, and it is, listen, and it's glorifying these works of the flesh. It's glorifying adultery. It's glorifying fornication. It's glorifying lasciviousness. It's glorifying strife. It's glorifying wrath. It's glorifying murder. If you put your body in exposure to those things, then your body is being strengthened and the Holy Ghost is not receiving the attention the Holy Ghost needs to influence your corruptible body. This is why we don't set wicked things before our eyes. We don't set wicked things before our eyes because we have the Holy Ghost in us and we want to, we want to be at peace and we want to have love and we want to have joy. And so there's an order. How many want joy? Amen. Oh, you, you, you want to be a joyful person. How many want to have peace? Those are two different things, you know. Joy is, you know, what you think it is. It's, it's, it's got a, a good bit of happiness in it. It's different than happiness because it's not dependent on circumstances. But it's got a good bit of happiness in it. Joy will make you smile. Joy will make you face life with, with uh, uh, optimism and, and a contagious uh, positive outlook, joy, joy will make you excited about tomorrow. Amen. 
Amen. Joy. Peace is different. Uh, peace, is, peace just means you're good. I'm good. You're just, you're chill. You're just relaxed. Everything's fine. Peace just means you're content. You're whole. And the world is looking for both of these things. That's why, that's why, that's why alcohol sales are what they are. Because people are looking for joy. And they're looking for peace. That's why, that's why drugs are pervading the market. They are, they're prevailing in the market and people, people will go uh, to a doctor for it or they'll go to the street for it. They'll, they're they're going to find a way to put something in their bloodstream that will travel to their brain and manipulate the neurons of their brain and force them down certain paths to give them a sense of peace or to give them a sense of joy. And I, and I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that, that those things, they come from the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 14, I want to, I want to show you this. There's, a, there's an order that cannot be ignored. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, okay, here it is. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you see that order? That's the order that joy comes in. You don't just get joy by itself. Joy comes in a particular order. The first step toward joy is righteousness. Everybody wants peace. Do you know every world leader, every American president has made peace one of their, their top priorities. It's in every inauguration speech. It's in every nomination acceptance speech. It's, it is the top priority of world leaders. It's the promise that, that leaders make to the people that we're going to have peace, that we're going to have world peace. And, and the problem is, is that everybody wants to have peace and nobody wants to have righteousness. But the only way that you can have peace is if you have righteousness. The kingdom of heaven is not meat. It's not drink. You can't find it in a bottle. You can't find it in a pill. The kingdom of God is righteousness. Amen. Righteousness. And I will submit to you that most of the problems that we have in our life are connected to our unrighteousness. Most of them. Some of them are fiery trials of faith, but, but a lot of them are connected to our unrighteousness. And if we will get right with God, then, then so many things begin to come into order because there's an, there's an order that develops. Righteousness, once it is established, it becomes peace. Because what righteousness will do is it will settle the winds. It'll settle the waves. It'll settle the storm. It'll, it'll move the clouds. It'll move you past the clouds. And then you come into a place of peace where, imagine how much peace you'd have if you weren't hating people. Imagine how much peace you'd have if you weren't participating in the strife and the gossip. Imagine the peace you'd have if you didn't have so many people mad at you for the things you've said about them. Imagine the peace you'd have 
If you, if you just didn't have these nagging little sins that you just keep committing over and over and over again. Righteousness first, and then peace. And once you have peace, now you have the groundwork to have some joy in your life. And righteousness can't be developed in your human will. It can't be developed in your human uh, discipline. Uh, you can try that, but it, you, you, you'll fail because true righteousness comes only, and this is what the scripture says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy, where? In the Holy Ghost. It's in the presence of God, and it's in God's presence within us that righteousness begins to develop. So this is how it works. You get into the presence of God. You get into his you get into a place like we were talking about in our singing tonight where you're just enveloped in his presence and you're letting him minister to you and you're praising him and worshiping him. And, and listen, ask God to do the things you need done in your life. If you've, got, if you've got feelings that you can't control, ask God to help you with those feelings you can't control. If you've got relationship issues, ask God to help you with those relationship issues. If you've got a sin, a temptation that continually makes you stumble, then ask God to help you with that temptation. And so do the Spirit instead of the flesh. And, and that's how righteousness, it just starts happening. Make not provision for the flesh. Don't put yourself in position to keep making those same mistakes. But, but seek a good place to be in the presence of God. I want you to know tonight, you're in a good place. This is a good place to be where you can hear the word of God, where you can sing the songs of, uh, of Zion and sing and be a part of his presence and let his presence envelop you. Righteousness has a way of growing in that setting. Righteousness gives way to peace and peace gives way to joy and all of that happens in the Holy Ghost. So Sunday we're going to have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And, and I want to, I just want to make a, a just take, next week we'll talk more about the, the Holy Spirit but, and receiving the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you, uh, one of the reasons why we call, uh, we make reference to Pentecostal. You know, the, the Bible doesn't really use the word Pentecostal. There's a Pentecost, but not Pentecostal. Pentecostal is just an adjective to describe those who have had the experience that was experienced on the day of Pentecost. Let's look at that really quick. Acts chapter two, and we're gonna be coming to a close here in a moment. But Acts chapter two and verse one, we're gonna look at, at the word of God. Now this is the same Bible that tells you, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the same Bible that tells you, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. This is the same Bible that tells you, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Okay, this is, a, this is a trustworthy book. This is God's book. And, and what I'm about to read to you is one of the most wonderful things that ever happened in the scriptures. Acts chapter two. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now they were there because Jesus told them to go there. 
and to wait for the promise of the Father. That promise of the Father is the promise that God gave to Noah. It's the promise that God gave to Abraham. It's the promise that God gave to Moses. It's the promise that God gave to David. It's the promise that God gave to Isaiah. And it's the promise that God gave to his disciples. And here it is, Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance now this experience that took place on the day of Pentecost. There's a reason it took place on the day of Pentecost. It took place on the day of Pentecost because it was the fulfillment of Pentecost. Pentecost, all that word means is 50. That's all it means, 50. And it's actually a reference to 50 days after the Passover. Every feast that the Lord exchanged with Israel was to illustrate something he was going to do for the redemption of mankind for all of humanity and so Passover when that when that that famous night when the angel of the Lord was taking the firstborn of every house and ended up passing you know it started out as a pass-through anybody ever heard the term Passover okay it didn't start as a Passover it started as a pass-through the scripture said, I will pass through Egypt. But the Lord said, take the blood of the lamb and paint it upon the doorposts of your home. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. So the blood of the lamb on that night in Egypt turned the pass through into a Passover. God is still going to pass through this world with judgment. But it is the blood of the lamb of God, Jesus Christ that turns the pass through into a Passover. And the feast of Passover was fulfilled in the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. And 50 days after that Passover is Pentecost. And on 50 days from that night, originally, that is when God had Moses in the mountain and he's communicating with Moses and this is what he does. He tells Moses to take two tablets of stone and he writes his law upon those two tablets of stone. Okay, when we get to the fulfillment of Pentecost and being filled with the Holy Ghost, it is the fulfillment. What he did for Moses was a symbol of what he was going to do for all of humanity. Him engraving his law upon those two tablets of stone was a symbol of the fact that he was going to take that same law and write it not on tablets of stone, but upon our hearts. And that's what he does when he fills us with the Holy Ghost. He writes his law upon our hearts. So now I don't have some external, I don't have some external law that I'm trying to, trying so desperately to keep for fear of being judged. No. When I have the Holy Spirit of God in me, I, I have his law right inside of me. And all of a sudden, 
committing adultery doesn't have the appeal that it would normally have to somebody's flesh. All of a sudden, lying doesn't have the appeal that it would normally have to somebody's flesh. All of a sudden, blaspheming and mistreating people, it doesn't have the appeal that it would normally have to somebody's flesh because the law of God is written on the inside of you. It's written in the heart. Hallelujah. And now, and now it's just in me to tell the truth. It's in me to be kind. It's in me to be faithful to my wife and my family. It's in me to be right with God. It's in me. It's, it's not something I worked for. It's something I received as a gift from God. This is the power that God wants to give to humanity. And this is the power that will come upon you. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. Power for what? Power to be a good husband, power to be a good wife, power to be a good citizen, power to overcome sin and death. Yeah, power to come up out of the grave. Amen. Power to come up out of the grave. That's what we're going to be celebrating on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. The fact that Jesus came out of the grave. You know why we get so excited about that? Not just that he rose from the dead, but because him rising from the dead means we're going to rise from the dead. That's what's going to happen when this trumpet sounds. The scripture says that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, when that spirit dwells in us, he shall quicken our mortal bodies. And this body that's decayed and mortal and corruptible, it's going to be incorruptible. It's going to be immortal. Hallelujah. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. There are a lot of people living lives that are miserable and undone and broken because they think this isn't true. But step on in. Step on into His glory. Step on into his glory. Hallelujah. Next week, we'll talk about, hey, next week, we'll talk about speaking in tongues. Next week, we'll talk about what that means and why it is and why it's all through the book of Acts. Because, because God's giving us a real gift, a gift that takes control of our whole person, body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. Anybody got the Holy Ghost tonight? Come on, anybody filled with the Holy Ghost tonight? Hallelujah. I wonder if we could stand to our feet, lift up our hands unto the Lord and just worship him again. Come on. Could you do that right now? Come on. All over this house. Lift up your hands unto God. Lift up your voice unto God and tell him, Lord, I thank you for pouring out your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know something about Tree of Life Church. This is a Holy Ghost church. This is a Holy Ghost church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We believe in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We believe in the necessity of the Holy Ghost. Yes, we do. This is, this is the promise of the Father for Him to live inside of us and fight our battles and give us strength every day and give us peace every night and comfort us and bring to our remembrance the words that Jesus has spoken to us. Oh, I feel his presence. I feel his presence. I, I can't even describe what I feel right now. I feel such a joy of God in my soul. When I look out over this gathering of people, you are witnesses unto him, of his glory, of his majesty. I wonder if you could just right now lift up your voice in witness of the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Come on, lift up your voice and witness to the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> God's going to do something in our city, ladies and gentlemen. God's going to do something in our city. God's going to do something in our city. There is a great awakening coming. There is a great awakening. It's happening right now. People are waking up to the fact that God is real and he has gifts for his people. Come on, if you believe it, could you just worship him with me right now? Come on, if you believe it, could you just worship with me right now? somebody who feels the need to repent right now and it doesn't matter if you repented years ago come on let's do it again let's do it again let's cleanse ourselves before God I have to repent every single day I come to God afresh and say God cleanse me create in me a clean heart renew in me a right spirit come on as long as you've got this natural body you're gonna have to be cleansed and refreshed and renewed by God every single day right now for people to come in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. Bring that to God right now. Bring that to God right now. Bring that prayer to God. Bring that prayer to God. Prayer of repentance.
something right now. God's doing something right now. You don't have to wait for Sunday. You don't have to wait for Sunday. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. God can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right where you stand. Hallelujah. 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 I wonder if there's anybody here who knows and believes. I wonder if you could just fill this whole house. Hallelujah. With a praise unto God. Knowing, knowing that he has poured out his spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. That it is his will. That it is his will. That it is his will. Glory, glory, glory. Righteousness. Righteousness. Is what I love.
what you want.